0: what is going on everybody welcome back to another hidden falls media experience today i am joined with the burnout professor but before we get into today's episode i want to remind you of the fee we don't run any ads we don't pitch you any products on things that you don't need on the show this is entirely for your education and for your benefit so that way you can advance your life you can take advantage of all these amazing guests knowledge and go and do something about it today so, if you found a nugget of wisdom, if Erica led you to any level of insight today, which I know she's going to as we talk about burnout and burnout prevention, please, 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 go give her a follow. Go hit, subscribe and follow on the or on the Apple podcast as well. It's how we get ranked. It's how our amazing guests get more awareness, and it's super, super gracious for them, considering they give their, they give us our time for free. So today's guest is Erica Cooney, the burnout professor, Erica, welcome aboard.
1: What's up? How are you?
0: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm doing fabulous as well.
0: I'm super pumped for you to be here. We've been in a few clubhouse rooms together where we've talked everything from the psychology of swearing to seven figure sales. I think we've been in a few rooms. It's, it's, I see you all over the place, girl. You're hustling it.
1: <laughs> I'm trying. And I'm really trying to say I'm aligning. It's just alignment at the moment, and I'm not hustling.
0: I like that even better. So we hear all the time, I'm feeling burnout, right? or that you you even caught me with some of my uh, NLP right there, right? which caught me for hustling as opposed to putting myself more in alignment what What does a burnout professor do? Where do we see this type of practice get played out across social media? and what is it what's going on with this? I know there's a lot of questions in here, so we'll. Take them apart. <laughs> But what is it about this idea that you just have to hustle and overwork yourself in order to get ahead in life?
1: That's the American culture, right? And that's something that we've taught in society. So what the burnout professor, I came, I coined the term when the pandemic hit, because this is something I've been working on for a long time. To give you some backstory about May 2014, 2015, I would have told you I had a black cloud over my head. I... um. Was hit by a Mack dump truck driving to work, literally. A long term relationship ended. I was fired from my job and I was in lots of debt. And I was sitting there on the floor saying, Why am I here? How did I get here? I thought I did everything right. You know, I have a master's degree. I'm helping other people. I'm a trained trauma therapist. I'm a licensed trauma therapist. So what the hell was I missing? You know, I went back to therapy at this point and I quickly realized that's not working. And I'm like, something's missing here. And so, through exploration, I realized the woo-woo side of wellness and healing. Mm. And I dove headfirst. I walked away from my clinical practice and I went headfirst. I became more intuitive. I explored my intuitive side and then I became a Reiki master. And then also I looked into gut health and also essential oils. And from there, I realized I'm still missing something because Mm -hmm. what's going on? I also became a graduate professor of human development um, through the lens of trauma and how the brain's affected by that. And that's when I finally was like, aha, we got to marry these two worlds together. Mm. And so it's the practical side to the woo-woo. And it's also where science meets the um, spirituality for powerful lasting change. And here I am.
0: That's awesome. I didn't, I didn't know about the, uh, about the head trauma side of that as well, uh, but that's been something that's really fascinated me a lot especially when i was working cuz i worked in the flotation therapy industry for a while so i dealt a lot with clients that had cte or tbis and they would come yes. and they would and they would float because it was such a reduction of inflammation in the body that right. they would find that that would be really beneficial to help them get rid of migraines
1: yes yes yeah. and that's ex- essentially what the burnout professor um i'm just going to say what i do yeah <laughs> this is it. essentially what i do i help others alleviate the inflammation in their body through whatever kind of stress is causing it, whether it's the diet or if it's your environment, your relationships, because it is truly mind, body, and spirit help that I'm aiming to help my clients with. And I do achieve.
0: That's awesome. There's a lot of research out there about cytokines and inflammatory markers being or showing indicative responses of depression in people, which is super interesting that Uh, there's such a strong correlation between the two now that wasn't there even five, six, seven years ago within modern research. And now I think if you check out on like Google Scholar, there's something like 3,500 articles now relating inflammation back to depression.
1: Yes, yes. And anxiety and the ADHD. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what it's being linked to, you know? And when I was teaching in the classes, right? When I was a graduate professor, I was always telling everybody, we're gonna just breathe. And they are like, why are we breathing? And I was like, because when we get stressed out, our bodies become inflamed, our brains, we stop functioning from the frontal part of our brain and we go right to survival mode. And we're like, not thinking straight. So we're just going to breathe. Let's all just breathe.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Have you ever heard of a guy named John Asaraf? No. No. Uh, oh, yes,
1: yes, yes. I do. And he's out in San Diego and I follow yeah. him on Instagram. Yes. Yeah,
0: he's awesome. He has this uh, method called a uh, take six which is, uh, based on like the Wim Hof, it's part of Wim Hof's for his idea of like six Wim Hof takes it to the extreme because of course he has to being the Iceman. but (laughs) the idea that we can kind of reset that system with six deep breaths, um, and doing kind of more box breathing with that. So within your practice, what are you seeing as some of the best ways that we can We can kind of like just reset that system real fast. There's so many people that feel like I can't afford to burn out, but I can't afford to stop either. So what are some of those tools that we can start to implement or that my audience can be like, okay, like if I've got two or three minutes today, this is the one thing I can conquer that's going to help me.
1: So, I got a couple up my sleeve for you. So, we're going to have options for everybody.
0: Let's roll them out. So, the
1: first one is going to be the box breathing because Mm -hmm. you can do that anytime, anywhere, and no one's going to even know you're doing it, right? You don't have to go and do breath work. You don't have to do guided meditation. It's simply breathing because it's the most fundamental thing that all humans have to have in order to be (laughs) alive on this planet Earth. And it's breathing. So, you're going to breathe in for four counts through your nose. You're going to hold for two exhale for six and then hold for two. Again, the key is to exhale longer than you breathed in. And that really helps your body and your nervous system get back to baseline. Do that as often as you can throughout the day, do it four or five times. I mean, John says six times. I usually say, if you can do it for two minutes, do it for two minutes Mm. and If you knew me back when that Mack dump truck accident happened, I would have told you, I can't sit still long enough to do this kind of deep breathing. I'm always on the go, right? I was a hustler. I was always somebody, go, go, go. Sitting still was bad. And so this was something I learned that I could do anytime, anywhere, and I could do it in the car, right? Like I turn off the engine, I can do it right then and there. Mm. I'm in the bathroom right before I walk out the door. I can do it right then and there. It's anywhere you can do it right before you walk into a meeting in the boardroom or like for me, when I was seeing clients, it was right before my next session. I only had two minutes. I can do it right then and there. So that's one thing you can do. Second thing you can do is your gratitude journals because the gratitude journals, right? Get you out of anxiety mode. And it says "Er, stop because you can't think of two things at the same time. People think we can multitask. That's a lie. It's a myth. We can Mm -hmm. toggle. Some of us can toggle really quickly, but we can't multitask. So if you're focusing on something you're grateful for, it gets your body into a calmer state. It brings, it's like, a—I call it the mental slap. It's the mental Mm -hmm. slap to say, nope, stop thinking that way. But what I do to switch it up is I challenge everybody to think of five things they're grateful for each day. No repeating for 30 days. Ooh. The reason for that is because that helps you start to rewire your brain. You're creating new neural pathways because you have to start looking for things. Mm -hmm. So then as you start looking for things, you don't have time to start looking for the bad stuff anymore. I don't even know if we can swear on here. So I'm going to try to like, okay.
0: yeah,
1: Like we're not looking for the bad shit anymore. We are looking for the good because if I've learned anything on my short time here on earth, we can have good moments, even when it's a shitty time. Mm. It's just about the moments and it's about collecting those moments and making sure we have more good moments than bad moments. But if we're intentional with our thought process, if we're intentional with saying, okay, I'm looking for those good moments, where are they? Boom, there you go. Third thing you can do, happy surprises. If you don't want to list those five things because you feel like that's way too daunting, Mm -hmm. you can start slow there, but you can also do happy surprises. And what a happy surprise is, Identify something each day that brought a smile to your face, warmed your heart, and it was completely unexpected.
0: That's awesome. That's
1: another quick way. And I have to give props to who I got that from. That was from Denise Joy. I, nick- I coined her my fairy godmother because <laughs> she always seems to come in the clutch with all these happy little things to say and happy surprises. Was well, Erica, you just need more happy surprises in your life. So, see how many happy surprises you can collect in a day.
0: That's awesome. What I love about both of those is that it's priming your RAS system to start picking those out of your environment and feeding it to your subconscious all day. Yes. Right. Because now that you're con- now that you took the time to consciously say, okay, I need to be able to reflect and find them, the brain's going to start picking them out and finding them throughout the day. So it makes that task easier for you. And then it'll just become totally autonomic at that point.
1: Exactly. And then when you start to think, okay, I'm having a shitty, time in life, a shitty space in life, a shitty period, you start to realize you can do hard things. Like Lennon Doyle says, we can do hard things and we are wired to do hard things, right? That We are, at our core, we are wired for connection and to survive, right? And look for ways to survive. But when we're in toxic stress situations, we start to get wired for protection. Mm. So that's why we start to see everything in a bad way because we're looking to keep us safe. But when we're in a situation where it's toxic stress and then we become intentional with our mindset and we're breathing, we get our nervous system back to being calm, our brain's thinking straight. That's when we start to see the opportunities for connection.
0: What I found, and from a lot of it being in my own experience too, um, and we can get into this a little bit later, which is it's hard to know that you're in that overwhelmingly stressful situation and what the counterbalance to that is until you take time to figure out what that balance for you looks like and we hear so much and i mean i hear it all the time on social right now which kind of is upsetting from a mental health perspective considering the epidemic that's going on inside the united states as to why this propaganda is still being pushed of you just need to work harder and i get it like if you need the motivation and you need somebody yelling at you saying to work harder by all means but i think if you ask most people and i think most people aren't lazy i think we're cognitively lazy to reserve cognitive resources but most human beings want to contribute it's one of the human needs that tony robbins talks about the need to grow the need to contribute the need to actually propel your life forward towards self-actualization it's something that's inherent to us it's not something that you need to be slapped on the butt and reminded of all the time right like it's so weird to me that you don't realize how stressed you are at times or how close you are to that edge until something so small or so little pushes you over because you've been so desensitized to it.
1: Right. And what I tell my clients, and I also am a consultant in a local school district as well. And one of the things that I tell everybody and I tell the teachers or I tell my clients is if you start to feel like you're becoming quote unquote lazy, that is your body screaming at you. Mm -hmm. It needs a rest. It's overstimulated. It's overwhelmed. Stop. Don't go any further. Just stop. And breathe, right? Because we are not lazy. I have yet to meet a lazy human. In all the people I've ever worked with, I have yet to meet a lazy human. What it's either is a lack of knowledge and not knowing any better, or they're so stressed out that they just need to stop for a moment and recollect themselves, recharge and rejuvenate. Mm.
0: That's so good. (laughs) Everybody should just rewind and listen to that last like five (laughs) minutes again. That's so good. So moving. Moving into what, what we would start to do for this, right, because the whole, our, it's it seems like a massive uphill battle, right? And with you kind of leading that push, what do you see as kind of like the next frontier as to helping people get out of this oversensitization and overstressed out life and starting to live more of that properly aligned life?
1: That's a really good question because... There are times when I'm sitting in clubhouse, right, especially sitting in clubhouse and listening to people, not in mental health rooms, but I'm just out and about in different types of rooms. And I'm hearing the hustle mentality come out. I'm hearing the lack of the scarcity mindset versus an abundant mindset. mindset. And I start to think, what is going to wake everybody up? And then I realize. I'm going into that fear mode, right? And so for me, I stop and I say, I know anybody that wants to start healing within, anybody that is tired of being burnt out, they're going to gravitate and start finding the ways to find their connection to their soul because burnout just means you lost your connection to your soul. That's ultimately how I look at it. That's
0: so
1: good. your body's your compass the entire time. We don't listen to our body. And the more we learn how to listen to our body and become in tuned with our bodies, the more we will be on our soul's path, our life path. And for us to get there, I think it ultimately is the ones that kind of already have awoken to this. I mean, not to sound so cliche, the ones that are woke that know that being very mindful, intentional when you're um, living your day to day life, we start to spread. And the more you start to spread that out the more people are going to start to accept it. I mean, it's already starting to happen. So I think it's going to happen organically. I don't think because I worked with mandated clients early on in my career. You can't force anybody who doesn't want, who's not ready. All you can do is plant seeds. So that's what my mission is. Plant seeds wherever I can go. And I breathe, I'm going to be determined to be known as the person that always says we just need to
0: breathe. There's worse things to be known for.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm okay with that. After all my schooling, if that's all I'm known for, I'll still be okay (laughs) with that.
0: (laughs) So what do you do for visualization?
1: Oh, so it's funny because right now as we're talking, I'm looking up on my wall and I have my calendar there. I have all my things to do. But the number one thing that helped me when I was overcoming from my burnout and what helps my clients Are post it's as corny as it sounds? It's those little post it's that you can put on your walls where your coffee maker is in your mirrors. But the most important thing to do is to make eye contact with yourself Mm. in the mirror and repeat loving things to yourself, positive affirmations. So, positive affirmations could be something like, I am good enough, I am doing the best that I can, and it's okay. I am a rock star. I am kicking butt at what I'm doing. Even if I'm falling down, I'm still kicking butt. Like you have to have that conversation where you're looking at yourself in the eyes, the same way you would be a cheerleader for somebody else, because that's how you build that relationship with yourself. But other things you do is like you vision boards. I, you know, John's a big person of vision boards. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've done a few in my life. My clients have done it's, great to have your vision board and have it where you can see it because it's a subconscious mind hack. It's always there. So you're going to make choices that lead you to what that is on your board.
0: Yeah. One of the tools that I I learned um, out of my own struggles of anxiety and depression early on in my life, when I was learning to overcome those, um, I one of the first people that really kind of got me out of it taught me meditation. And they said, you know, the one of the coolest awakenings that a human can have is that the consciousness really doesn't lie behind the eyes and that you, that you can really float it throughout your body at any point in time. So they had me do that exercise where you stand in front of a mirror, but he said, you know, when you're there kind of get good measurements as to where your body's at in the mirror in a position kind of note where your feet are in the bathroom. And then with an expo marker on the mirror, because it's erasable, go up and draw where your heart is. And then just try to move your consciousness down to that part of your body and see you move it down and up.
1: I and it's love really, that.
0: And it's really cool because it, it kind of gives you this strange out-of-body experience when you do that. And then he said, the next steps are to go and write the positive affirmations next to where those things are. So the ones next to the heart, I'm a loving person who cares about my family and I show it in as many different ways as I can. Next yes. to the brain, I'm an intelligent individual who's worthy of love and well-being, right? down to the gut, I'm worthy of good health and good wealth and good fortune, right? And labeling those next to those energy centers in the body. So that way, when you could go back into your own practice, you can start to identify where those different neural pathways are and what they relate back to within our energies.
1: So that's interesting um, because one of the therapies that I was trained in was something very similar to that, where we have to imagine we close our eyes i have a client close their eyes do a body scan and ask where they're feeling the tension or the stress in their bodies right and then always giving love to that part of them giving imagine your heart going right to that and giving the love that it needs right and help it calm down because visualization is huge right believe it to receive it is huge it's law of attraction as well yeah and so and i know john was I believe it was John, wasn't he a big part of the secret originally?
0: That, that I don't know. I I just read his book. Um, oh, inner size was the first okay. time I'd really ever gotten a hold of his work. So I'm okay. still new into his into his sphere.
1: So, but law of attraction, right, has everything to do with having a goal in mind. Because if you mm-hmm. believe it. It's, you're going to receive it. And I don't mean fake it till you make it. That goes with the hustle mentality. Get that out of your mind. Because the more you get calm in a calm state, the more everything starts to align. Things fall into your lap. And then you're like, holy cow, how did I end up here? And you start to realize it was because you were in a calm state and you were able to see opportunities. You no longer saw obstacles because there's no such thing as an obstacle. It's an opportunity to figure out a new way or a different way. And when we're rejected or we feel like we failed, those aren't even words that I use in my vocabulary either because it's just, don't do it that way. We got to find another way, right? So I think it does come down to mindset, but I also need to go back to your mental health is tied to your body health and your body health is tied to the emotional health. And so if you don't have a healthy diet, I would recommend taking out that processed food, taking out the sugars, and really looking into more anti-inflammatory foods because listen, when I was burnt out and at the height of my burnout, cheese fries and wine were my two things that I would Let's go to. <laughs> right? And I learned over time, it doesn't work. As much as it brings comfort, it's that short comfort. And then I yep. became like more dependent on it, right? And what we ultimately are looking for when we're burnt out is to how to remember that everything we need is all inside of us we are perfectly capable of healing ourselves. And I do need to put a disclaimer out there at this point and say, even though I am a therapist, I'm not your therapist. And I am (laughs) simply just giving my thoughts and ideas in this podcast. And you need to consult with your medical professionals and clinical professionals, because this is not professional advice. Just had to put that out there.
0: I love it. And I'm glad you were uh, very transparent with that too, because some people on the internet take everything very to the T with something.
1: Right. Just if you're going to think of anything that I'm saying today, it can be in addition to if you're in therapy right now, Mm. like, or if you need to go to therapy, this is in addition to, because I understand there's very complex things happening, especially now in the world. But I can also tell you this, the best foundation is to start breathing taking those deep breaths, spending time with those deep breaths, even if it's only for five minutes, doing your gratitude journal where it's five things every day, no repeating, because that's starting to rewire that brain. And then also be happy surprises. I Those are simple things that you can do right here, right now, no matter what.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for that insight. Um, one thing I want to bring up is what I noticed when I was starting to work through a lot of my anxiety and depressive episodes when I was a lot younger was I wasn't able to tie any of my, uh, praise isn't the right word, but any of the, any of the areas that I was trying to accumulate self-worth from wasn't tied to me doing anything difficult or what I perceived to be difficult, right? Everybody gave me praise for academic awards or for doing things that are on the good boy path, right? That. You know, you go through, they say, you know, if you do X, Y, Z, everything on the other side is going to be rainbows and sunshine, which you and I both know is a load of dog shit, not (laughs) the way it is at all. (laughs) And it wasn't until I was in my early twenties that I, and it was after a near death experience that I had realized that I hadn't truly done anything extremely difficult. And it was at that point that I really started to turn things around and I lost almost over a hundred pounds since then. And I've gone on and started a business and started to grow and provide opportunities for other And I found that those those hard and difficult tasks are the biggest achievements and uh, and milestones in my life. And if there was a gift that I could give anybody, it would be, I I wish a hard challenge for you to overcome and you to overcome it. So that way you can see the happiness and the reward and the gratification that's on the backside of that.
1: Yes. And you're a rock star. I didn't realize who I was hopping on with today. That is powerful stuff. And I have to say kudos to you for that, for leaning in and to really saying, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. And I don't want to say that it you were fearless because for those of us who oh, say- Oh, God,
0: no. I was a wuss. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: I, I popped in and out of
0: that state for like, it took, <laughs> all right, listen, I started that weight loss journey in 2014 and I'm still, I still bounce and I still fluctuate up and down. It's, it by no means was it a crash course all the way down.
1: Right. Right? No. Same thing with
0: business. It's not a straight, linear line up.
1: I don't think anything in life is a straight, linear line. Everything is circular, right? And we go in the ebbs and flows of it. And sometimes we're right on track. And I'm going to put that in quotes. Other times we are like way off track and we're like, how the heck did we get here? Okay, time to regroup. Got to get back on track, get recentered. And it's just always the ebb and flow. It's how can you be... Um, bob and weave. Are you able to bob and weave? That's what matters. Mm -hmm. And that's the resilience piece. And that's how you overcome adversity, right? It's, if I can say anything, it's always comes down to little steps lead to big steps over time. So do one little thing, make one commitment to yourself each day, a small one. That's something that's going to push you outside your comfort zone. And it doesn't matter where you start. It does not matter. Mm -hmm. And just commit to yourself and do it and then over time, you build that confidence. And then before you know it, you learned, I can trust myself. So if I say I'm going to do this, I'll do this.
0: That's awesome. Erica, I want to be super respectful of your time, but I do have one final question for you. I've been asking all my guests this for about two months now, and it's been one of the most rece- well-received questions that we've gotten out of everybody. If you had a prayer for the world and a prayer for those closest to you, what would it be?
1: Hmm for everyone to feel their worth for their self love to have compassion in their heart to find the gratitude in the little things in life and to know that we are all together and that there is no difference be- there's difference between us but we're in this together and that if we can mm-hmm. learn how to connect we all have the power to connect and we can really make change
0: I love it Erica where can people find you online how can they learn more about the burnout professor
1: so you can visit my website. That's the easiest. And that's the the burnout dot com. You can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, even on Facebook again. And that's all at the burnout professor. And then especially on Clubhouse, if you guys are on Clubhouse, come check me out. I am hosting some club rooms and I am at Erica Cooney, E-R-I-C-A-C-U-N-I. I look forward to chatting with you guys on there.
0: Awesome. awesome. And I'll be in those rooms on Clubhouse with you, too.
1: Awesome. You know what? We should host a room together.
0: Absolutely. That'd be awesome.
1: Yes, let's do that. But thank you so much for having me on today.
0: Of course. Thank you. Guys, that wraps up today's episode. Once again, if you found a nugget of wisdom or insight or just enjoyed hearing Eric and I chat back and forth for the last 30 minutes or so, please go give her a review, go give her a subscribe, make sure that you're following what she's doing. It's incredible information and you had to have found a nugget of wisdom in there. I know I did. It was absolutely incredible. Until next time, my call to you is, as always, go make somebody smile.